I'm going to start off by saying that I've changed where I'm filming this podcast today. I am actually currently at my house because I am a working professional, but I'm also a mother and a dog mother. So I have so many responsibilities in my day. And what I'm going to be doing is sharing with you tips and tricks for small, medium, and large-sized businesses to grow lead generation campaigns. So don't be surprised if I get asked for a snack or you hear a dog barking in the background. It's all in the day's work, and I wouldn't change a thing about it. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to What Makes You Click, a podcast about successful marketing approaches and tips. Every episode provides our listeners with innovative marketing trends, ideas, and strategies that drive increased revenue opportunities. Our guest experts, influencers, and business owners share their unique perspective on what makes customers click. Sit back and tune in for money-making advice from our experienced and hilarious marketing experts. covered many topics on lead generation, from integrating them into a CRM, to developing personas, to understanding how to score clients and understanding where their best needs are fit for your industry and for your business. But a lot of times, we have to come up with the strategies, the strategies of what dictates how we are going to be managing our lead generation process. Now, if you're anything like me, I usually need the place to be quiet, I need to be thinking, and I need to be really truly evaluating what I'm trying to do. And before I jump into any type of campaigns for all these businesses, it's easy to make sure you do the following things. Make sure you have a strategy. Most companies that come to us don't have a lead generation strategy. They say, oh, we really want to just promote this TV monitor, or we want to promote this new article of clothing we received, or we've added uh, hardscaping to our, our needs, and we now want to be able to you know, showcase that. But they don't create the strategy around how they're going to do that. And that strategy is discussing who is your target audience, making sure you have them as a persona. How are you going to target them? Is it going to be on social media? Is it going to be on email marketing? Is it going to be a paid advertisement you do through Google? What are they going to jump to? A landing page, a webinar, uh, a, a free giveaway that you're doing. But ultimately, what are you also doing? You're capturing their information. You're either grabbing their name and email address, or maybe you're having them purchase directly from a shopping cart that's on your website. But That's a strategy that you are developing as a company. And that's a lot of times what just doesn't happen. And a lot of things is people just don't know what should go into this. And that's what we're going to be doing in this episode. We're going to be sharing small, medium, and large business strategies that I've helped businesses throughout the years integrate. And it can happen for you. And just because it could be a large business decision or, you know, opportunity that they've done doesn't mean that it can't fit into your business if you're considered a small business yourself. But it all comes down to the strategy. A marketing strategy, again, is about what you're currently doing and what are you not doing. So when we analyze marketing strategies, we're looking at basically three key elements. Analysis of the current business goals and objectives. So identifying what it is you're trying to do. How are you trying to do that? You know, are you trying to grow your business, you know, grow your, uh, 
your um, brand awareness? Are you trying to grow a product offering? Are you reintroducing something to the market? Have you been a seasonal business that, you know, may have taken the winter months off and now you're trying to get back into things? So this is all about analysis of your current business goals and objectives. Then you start developing the strategy to help guide your business through its goals and objectives. So that strategy is, where are you going to be advertising yourself? Social media, email marketing, are you gonna join a local chamber or a networking group? Are you gonna be doing Google advertisements? Are you gonna do some sort of speaking engagement at a local college or university? This is the strategy that you need to start thinking about, how am I going to drive this back into my business? And then set of current actions to implement that strategy. So this is time frames and what you want to see. So number one, you want to grow your business. Okay, identify what that means to you. You want to grow five new leads this year. Okay, great. Now you have something quantifiable to help you to get to the next level. So you want to grow your business by five new leads this year. How are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to put it out on social media and I'm going to make sure that I create three paid social media advertisements and I'm going to spend $50 per advertisement and I'm going to target people in New Hampshire or Vermont or Florida and identify specifically what you would like to do. So the setting these current actions and implementing your strategy comes into the finite details that needs to happen. But before, again, you ever do anything, here's a quick little checklist of things you should consider. And it's one that's which helped us as an organization really stop, take a step back and think about what we're doing. So number one in your checklist, you must be able to check these off in order to build your campaign. Will my marketing campaign further establish my brand? For the answer, should be yes for all of us. Will it engage current customers? Will it help entertain people? Will it reach a wide audience? Will it leave people wanting to know more? Are you, as the business, being authentic in your message? Remember we talked a little bit about personalization, making it feel like you're speaking directly to the person? They don't want to know that you have all of this other clients and business around you. They just automatically assume you do. But they want to know you're speaking directly to them. So are you authentic in your message? And is your message consistent with your landing page and your branding? So for us, when we work with businesses, we focus on consulting with them and then we help them to grow and execute these strategies but I'm not going to say to them well we also offer two for one discounts on pots of plants that we have uh, growing in the back of our office that has nothing to do with what we do as marketing so making sure that your messaging and your content is consistent throughout your campaign so what are some of the lead strategies that we have implemented over the years? So let me tell you the first one that I always think about that makes me laugh. So we had this business and they were trying to reach new customers and they were sending packages to companies that were over $10 million in sales a year. And for them, what they were doing is sending little information about their company, but inside that box, they put a little rubber ducky. And that rubber ducky 
was just something so unique to them that when they followed up two weeks later and said, hey, did you receive my package? And they said, yes, we did get your information, but why did you put a rubber ducky, a small little one, in my box? And they said, we needed a way for you to remember us. And in that essence, we said, hey, if we send you a rubber ducky, we know you're going to ask us, why did you send me a rubber ducky? And it worked because it opened the door to a much bigger conversation. And it was that icebreaker that they needed in order to get through to that business owner. Someone that they had never talked to in their life had sent them this package with a little rubber ducky in it. So is that the strategy that you're going to implement? I don't know. But it's kind of funny to think about that all of a sudden, you just start sending out random things to people and they start going, why did I even receive this? So when we talk about any type of lead generation campaign, we need to create fun, innovative campaigns that help you to position not only your brand, but your company and get people in the door that they are remembering you. And that is what that rubber ducky did. So before he sent it out, he had identified all of that criteria that I had mentioned. Will it reach a wide audience? he identified who that audience was going to be. Will it help to entertain people? He did by putting something so random in there, totally not related to his industry and said, hey, you got me, you remembered me and it got us talking about it. And that was the icebreaker they needed. So let's talk a little bit about uh, just social media and how social media can play into in a lot of these strategies. So social media has really two components to it. You've got the posting content, which helps to organically grow your business. And then you have the paid aspects of social media. So a lot of times when businesses are creating any type of lead generation campaign, they're doing a combination of both. Because while the organic growth and posting is free to you, you might need to reach a much broader audience that you don't even tap into today, who also doesn't even know you exist today. So that's what's great about social media advertising. You can be out there, you know, promoting your company and targeting all of these individuals and this advertisements is showing up in their news feeds. It could be pictures, it could be videos, it could be a little combination of both. But we always recommend if you're going to put something out there on social media, make sure you've got text, you've got your call to action, what you want them to do, but you've got some sort of image or video to go along with it. Because a lot of times we are visual people. We want to see before we read. In fact, a lot of times we don't even read, we just see. And you know, I'm guilty of it too. If I can quickly glance at something and say, oh yes, I know exactly what they're doing here. That's amazing. It entices me to want to read the rest of what you have to say in there. So coming up with you know, a fun mix between social media is great. Now, social media is just one component. I had already mentioned email marketing. So if you're building your email list, this is a great opportunity for you to be targeting them. You can be targeting if you've broken your list into different segments. So for example, for me, I could say these people are interested in website design. These people are interested in consulting. These people are interested in lead generation. You can send something to your entire audience and say, hey, you know, this is what we're offering today uh, as a special to all of our customers. So you don't necessarily have to just send lead generation to lead generation people, you know, mix it around a little bit. 
A lot of times what we do is we send out a newsletter and it's specific content that's tailored to businesses. And at the end of it, we say, hey, you might also want to consider checking out this website design and social media and video marketing and chat bots and CRM licenses. And it's just information that they never were really interested in before, but maybe that gets them thinking a little bit more outside the box. So keeping on with this lead generation strategies, let me go into a little more detail of some of these other campaigns. So I gave the rubber ducky one. We've also done campaigns that, you know, people have some sort of incentive. You shop now, you're able to save 10%. Uh, in fact, our company ran a campaign four or five years ago that we had basically said uh, around the holidays, we said, okay, we are going to, if you sign up with us in November or December for a video marketing campaign for yourself, we are going to not only give you 10% off that quote that we would normally do, but we are also going to take another 10% off on top of that and donate it to whatever charity of your choice may be. And I got to tell you, when we started delivering checks to those charities at the end of that time, you should have seen the smiles on their faces. And I said, this is a result of businesses doing business with someone who was willing to give back to the community even more so than we already do today. And that was such a reward. So it's it's all about the ideas and the strategy and how things want to go. So a lot of times it could be a discount. Uh, one last thing or act now. Time is limited. Uh, this will be out of stock before you know it. It's, it's ways in which we're trying to get people to just understand the sense of urgency. When you can paint the sense of urgency behind these campaigns, it gets people to take action very fast. You know, I've helped businesses that were running events and they had space for a hundred people, but they would say only 10 seats left and they may have already only had you know, 50 people registered or half the attendance going. But by putting only 10 seats left, all of a sudden registration started filling up to where we then got it to the 100 seats that they wanted. And it's not... It's not a way in which we're trying to deceive anybody. They don't know how many seats are left, but we're putting that sense of urgency behind this to get people to do things. So a lot of times um, for businesses, they're doing a little bit of a mixed mode in terms of campaigns. So we're talking about social media and Google ads and email marketing, trying to point back to a landing page. But a lot of times people use blogging um, as, an, as a way to kind of boost uh, search engine optimization and to also promote. So if you have a blog today that you guys are using, I would encourage you to say, hey, you may want to consider XYZ that we also offer. That's a great way to start generating more leads. Um, you know, one of the things you could do, and if you're listening to this, let me know, you can offer to be a guest on our podcast and talk a little bit about what marketing strategies you have done and, and what other platforms are you using to help spread your brand awareness. Um, as you've heard through our campaigns, we've been talking with uh, Tim over at St. Joseph Hospital and it's it's been an awesome opportunity for you all to get to know Tim and St. Joseph Hospital in general. And he just asked if he could be a guest on our podcast and here we are, you know, so that's an opportunity for all of you. Uh, one of the other things that we do a lot and a lot of small businesses do are host events. They might host a webinar. 
the webinar is, you know, a way that you can get people to uh, listen in on a particular topic. In fact, we run a webinar where we've pre-recorded that in advance and we act as though you may be listening to that webinar live with me talking. We even take questions from the audience. And if you could see what I was doing, I'm putting my fingers up in quotations, questions from the audience. And we just identify what are some of the main questions that usually come into us. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for these people to be like, wow, okay, I'm learning a lot more in depth things about this particular topic. And at the end of the webinar, I can say, okay, now, here's an opportunity to consult with us or to do something else with us. So it's, it's amazing opportunity. Now, I have another business that we do marketing for that we track the Google ad campaigns that come in to their website and fill out specific forms on their site. So basically what we're doing is trying to see and gauge how many conversions we're able to track from point A, which is their interest in the business through the keywords of the ad to then being able to come in here and actually um, perform a sale. So the other thing that they do differently than most is that they offer samples. They offer free samples to people that are inquiring of their service. And when they mail it out, they realize, oh my gosh, this is an amazing opportunity for our company. This would be so important. And then, you know, they start really creating all of the orders from there. Um, a lot of times it's a deal. You could say, oh, today and today only, we've got buy two, get one free. Um, maybe you on the backside and they don't know this, you've marked the price up so that you know, you be able to go in and, and still make the margins you want, or maybe you do have it at a discount. In fact, let me give you another example that a lot of times people don't think about. You ever go to the grocery store and you see a sign that says four for a dollar, and guess what you do? I bet you, you pick up four cans or four of that item and put it in your cart. But if you picked up two, guess what? That price is 50 cents. Each item is still 25 cents each. But when they put four for a dollar, it's now incentivizing you going, wow, what a deal, four for a dollar. But pick up one and go to the counter. It's 25 cents. Pick up a second. Now you just paid 50. So a lot of times we don't even think about that in, in terms of our uh, shopping and our opportunities here. Um, in keeping on with the grocery store uh, analogy here, you ever wonder why some of these stores that you go to place the more important items that you're probably in for, bread, milk, and all that stuff in the way back of the store? There's a strategy behind that. There's a strategy behind that because what they're basically do is making you walk from one point of the store to the other. And they know by doing that, you're probably going to walk by all of these different items on the end or through the aisles. And you're saying, oh yeah, that's right. I need this. Oh, while well, I need this, I need to get this item. And all of a sudden your gallon of milk you came in for, you're, you're checking out for uh, meat and potatoes and and any kind of snacks, because you know you've got a party you got to go to next week, and you, you've, you've got a whole shopping cart full of stuff. So there's a strategy around all of that and why people do that. So let's get into some other uh, more medium-sized businesses and what they've done. So in addition to the same 
things as a small business owners have done. And again, like I mentioned, it doesn't mean that if you are considered a small business, you can't be implementing these other strategies. This is just kind of broken up based on time and resources and where people have um, most ability to create these things. So a lot of our medium businesses that we work with, they tend to focus on newsletters. They like to do um, a lot more in-depth like webinars or workshops or in-person seminars where they can really talk and train on a particular topic. Um, We create like a resource library. So uh, one thing to consider if you're ever going to create like a resource library is to make sure that if you're putting content on your website for people to download, make sure that you're capturing their email address before they actually be able to download that. Why? Because that's an opportunity for you to grow your list building and grow your email marketing subscribers by asking for their information, which you can then further use in your lead generation strategy to then nurture them into hopeful paying customers. And I think I even shared with you, and if I haven't, I apologize because time flies when you're having fun and you never, I can never remember all the things that I talk about in all the podcasts because I've got so many ideas and I could spend spend hours telling you about these things. But one of the things that um, happened to us maybe it was a year and a half ago is we had a business that originally had signed on in our email newsletter and then seven years later said, we are finally ready to do marketing. We were small at the time. We've grown. I've kept in touch with your email marketing. I've been impressed by it. And now we have the opportunity to partner with you. And it was the best thing that ever happened because it was like, wow, these people saw how much value we could bring to the table. And they too wanted to be a part of, you know, our strategy and execution work that we have talked so much and shown and demonstrated over the years that we can do. But by creating that resource library, they were able to download some content to then get put into our email marketing list. And I nurtured them throughout that time. Another one is referral leads or referral bonuses. You know, a lot of times businesses might promote that they give some sort of referral incentive away. In fact, you know, I remember one client came to me and said that they, the more referrals that they can get, they put people's names in to a hat to actually be drawn to win a car. And I said, you are seriously giving a car away every year from the referrals people send. He says, absolutely. Because the cost of a car is maybe one eighth of a price of one new client lead that I can get in the door. So if I get 25 new leads in a year, I only am having to spend one eighth of one person on that car so I can easily give the car away. And I said, wow, that's quite the incentive that you can give out there. Now, you don't have to go for a car, but it's just interesting to see that so many people have different strategies that they try to execute into their business. Now, let's talk a little bit more about some of the larger scale uh, strategies that have existed or, or we've seen along our ways. So a lot of the larger businesses, again, doing a lot of the same things that some of the medium and small businesses do, you know, really try to get influencers to help promote their products. You know, they're out there, they're meeting with businesses, they're, you know, coaching, they're educating, they're, you know, very active on social media, they're not just posting a couple times a week, they're posting most multiple times a day, uh, multiple different networks, they're, they're finding fun ways to create more video content, you see a lot of video content these days, um, is just a very important thing. 
They're, they're further developing pay-per-click advertisements, uh, even higher budgets, more reach, more geographical locations. Uh, they may be doing discounts or even free trials. Uh, in fact, if we hadn't mentioned before, but um, it, within our CRM, we have free trial as well. For the first 15 days, you can have a free trial to test the system. And if you like it, uh, you keep on with it. And we have plenty of businesses that you know have really enjoyed a lot of the features that go into these CRMs um, and decide that they want to stay on. So free trials really do work, um, but it's all about understanding and creating some sort of subscription model for your business. You know, uh, making sure that you say, okay, I'm going to be coming out to see you four times a year. And it's part of your subscription plan with us is that we come out four times a year to visit you and to, you know, perform an analysis or to uh, spruce up something or whatever it might be. So, you know, it, it's good that you kind of identify what that's going to be. So now what I want to do is pause for a little bit and I want to kick back into our interview with Tim McMahon over at St. Joseph Hospital just to kind of wrap up where everything is at in terms of lead generation and lead generation strategies. So we are back with Tim McMahon from St. Joseph Hospital. And as we've mentioned in the previous episode, St. Joseph Hospital is located here in Nashville, New Hampshire, a 200-bed acute care hospital. They offer many different outpatient clinics from urgent care to PT to you name it, right, Tim? You got it. You got everything to do in terms of healthcare. So we want to continue on with our last segment here and asking just a couple more questions on the lead generation process. Great. So before you ever do a campaign, tell me a little bit about the things that you're thinking about before you initiate it. So... And like I mentioned before, you know, we do a lot of different marketing campaigns across multiple mediums, you know, online, print, you know, TV, all these things. And there's, there really are a lot of questions we have to ask ourselves before we decide to move forward. So, and certainly when you start thinking about online, which is, you know, where really a lot of our efforts are spent, you know, we really have to think about reach. So how many people are going to see this campaign? And, and, and can I track that? You know, do I get a daily, uh, a daily feed of, you know, this campaign, this ad, whatever was seen by 1,000 people, 10,000 people? But on top of that, we also need to know how many people are clicking on that. You know, what are they doing with it? Or how are they engaging with that ad campaign? And then, of course, if they are engaging with it, how many of them are actually converting into patients? Now, in our world, oftentimes someone's not becoming a patient because they clicked on an ad or even filled out a form. The patient journey, and I think we'll talk about that afterwards, um, goes a little deeper than that. But you know, our goal is to at least make contact. So if they click on something and then fill out a form or, or pick up the phone or call us, that's what we're looking to track. So anytime we are creating a campaign or assessing a potential campaign, you know, we want to know, A, can we track all these things? And if we can't, then we have to really think, is this something we want to invest in? Because if I'm just throwing money at something and, and hoping it works, that's not really a great strategy. Um, no, not at all. Because <laughs> then you're just spending money and you're not getting the results you want. Right. And granted, not everything is going to provide that, um, that kind of data that we would like. But, you know, certainly when I think about where I want to invest the majority of my budget 
it's it's in things that can track and you know these things like reach and conversion rates and click through rates are really important to us well i think there's also something to be said about you know you can initiate a campaign and if you see that it's not working it doesn't mean that you have to turn it off change your goals change what you're trying to accomplish you can still try to get the same result that you intended from the beginning. Not everything is always going to start and finish the way you intended to. Right, because sometimes it's just about branding. Sometimes it's just, you know, having your name out there and knowing that people are seeing it. it it's actually kind of funny. When I first took this job in 2020, um, you know, the, the sentiment at the time, and it came from multiple members of the community, was, isn't St. Joe's closing? Oh, I, no. I, I, thought, I thought I heard they were closing down because nobody had really heard from them in a long time um or at least not on the channels that they were paying attention to so you know there's this really negative sentiment and not that we had bad care we, we weren't providing you know the care wasn't any worse but you know we just we weren't out there so you know one of my goals especially in that first year was just to get our name everywhere i could possibly find you know in, in some cases that meant billboards banners um, signs, I mean, you know, using every possible medium. And now that we've really done that and no one's asking, is St. Joe's closing anymore? Now we can start to focus on more like kind of hyper um, targeted areas. Yeah. Well, we know that St. Joe's is not closing and we've seen you all over the community. You guys are doing great things. And I think that's important for everyone to note that, you know, while you know, rumors out there can exist. It's all about your persona and how you build yourself online in terms of your reputation. So you started to talk on it and I want you to go into a little more detail. Walk me through uh, a patient's decision journey. Like in your experience, are patients researching providers, reading reviews? Tell me about that. Yeah, I think that's something that's changed a lot over the years um, in terms of where people get their information and what they trust. So I think we're far, we're far less trustworthy these days um, because there's so much information out there and it's hard to know kind of what's what on any given day. So we know that, you know, if we put an ad out, you know, it might drive someone to our website, you know, because they might see an ad on some medium or social media or otherwise, you know, that says Dr. You know, Dr. Smith is accepting new patients which is great. So someone might come to our website and look up Dr. Smith, but generally it doesn't stop there. It doesn't, they don't just go, oh, okay, and call us and make an appointment. Generally, they're gonna do a lot more research. They're gonna look at Google reviews. They're gonna look, they're gonna talk to their friends on Facebook. They're gonna Yeah, ask, we see that often. They're gonna ask a lot of people. They're gonna go on, you know, I think that Facebook has been such an interesting medium over the last couple of years because you've seen, all these groups created these mm -hmm. hyper local town based groups like the the nashua facebook group and i see it every day people post looking for a new um orthopedic doc looking for a new primary care doc but i only want someone who is female and who specializes in this or this and you'll see a ton of responses and sometimes you'll see the same provider or doctor mentioned over and over and i guarantee a, the person who asked the question is now going to say, ooh, that must be a good doctor. I'm going to call that person. But in addition to that, now there's 50 or 100 or 1,000 other people also seeing that doctor's name mentioned over and over again. So that's been incredible, I think, um, in terms of just driving 
uh, driving traffic to certain providers and certain uh, departments. But, you know, it's there's just so many different ways I think patients make decisions and it, it, they don't rely on just one resource anymore. It's, no. They go to multiple places. So it's important for us as an organization that we also exist in all those locations. So if someone is using Google reviews, right? So if they just typed in, you know, Dr. Smith, Nashville on Google, you know, hopefully Dr. Smith has a Google profile and even more hopeful, they have lots of reviews. Mm -hmm. And hopefully those reviews are positive. Mm -hmm. Because if Dr. Smith only has two reviews and one's good and one's bad, their rating looks terrible. And they're probably gonna get fewer phone calls. So we, we know that's a really important area to be active in as well. Yeah, and it's one point that you really started to touch on, and it's key here, and especially in this episode, is we talk about brand ambassadors. Those people are out there that have had a good experience, that you've brought in from some lead generation campaign, you converted them to a sale or to a patient or to be a part of your company, to now they're out there being an advocate for you. They're, they're free marketing, but they're a voice that helps you. And I think nowadays, especially when we're talking about businesses, whether big or small, we rely a lot on reviews and just the experiences that we all have. And that's a way for you, me, and all of us listening here to, to really get our names out there um, and grow our businesses. Because yeah, all these different marketing channels are great, but at the end of the day, it's all about the connections that we make to the people, the way we treat them so that they can go out there and recommend us yeah and you really couldn't do that 20 years ago no 20 years 10 20 years ago you know if you wanted if, if someone said to you you should see dr smith you know you unless you're going to call 10 other people and say <laughs> hey who do you see which would take forever and just be painful you know that was your really your only way is that well my neighbor said dr smith is great but you know now especially with social media you know it's it makes it really easy the problem is for every good review, there's a bad review. Of course. So, and, and sometimes the bad reviews speak louder than the good reviews. So you could have 10 great reviews. And then that one person that says they hated Dr. Smith, you know, oh, well, now, now you start second guessing it. So, you know, unfortunately, it, it does go both ways. But, uh, but you know, that's, you know, to your point about the patient journey, you know, I think you just have to know that there, there's no one way. They, they, they go so many different routes nowadays. Yeah. And you know what? There's something to be said about after you assist someone, whether you're uh, construction or a hospital or marketing like myself, it's asking for reviews and asking people to put something out there for you because they, it does go noticed. Um, we do see that a lot of people say, hey, so-and-so wrote this about you on your Google review. And, you know, I, I really wanted to inquire more. So I think often we get so busy after we work with people that we don't even ask for the reviews. And I think that's a key component to a lot of what we're talking about here with the lead generation process. Right, because, I mean, angry people write reviews instantaneously. Exactly. You have a bad meal at a restaurant, you're on, <laughs> you're on Yelp you know, that, that evening. You have a good meal, you just go home. Exactly. You know? and so we need to remind people or, you know, not in healthcare, but in certain areas, um, certain industries, you know, you, you can incentivize people to, mm-hmm. you know, write reviews. Um, again, that's not something we can do. Uh, there are, <laughs> in healthcare, there's, there's laws. And yeah, we know you can't um, do that. <laughs> against things like that, but... 
you know, it, it is super important. But other companies have done something like that where they say, hey, leave us a uh, review and we'll enter you in to receive a gift card to your sure. favorite store or sure. to a, a, a local establishment uh, for their, you know, helping their community. So yeah. I think it's a good... If there's one thing I would tell business owners to do, it's get reviews. Exactly. Find a, find a way to get reviews, um, you know, the, the more the merrier. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tim, I want to thank you so much for joining us through this whole series of lead generation and lead nurturing. And I hope the audience is, you know, going to go and check out St. Joseph Hospital. You want to give us your your website again? Yep, it's www.stjosephhospital.com. Awesome. Well, Tim, thank you so much for being a part of this series. As we wrap up the series on lead generation, I want to give you one piece of advice that no campaign is ever going to be the same. And do not, I repeat, do not be afraid if you're not seeing the results on your initial campaign. Not everything is going to work the first time, and especially if you're diving into this um, without even having any experience. Consult with our team, but more importantly, don't be afraid to change your goals around based on what you're trying to do. Because if it doesn't work the first time, it doesn't mean it failed. It just means it needs to be tweaked a little bit before you begin again. So I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Join us in our next series as we dive into deeper on social media and really how that can help your business. You have reached the end of another episode of What Makes You Click. Check us out at promarketing.com forward slash what makes you click. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter to receive our free resources and materials. See you in the next episode.